You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pits. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. And this is uh, going to be a different kind of episode because this wasn't really an episode that we are planning. Um, as it's a very special impromptu holiday episode. <laughs> yes, holiday. We'll go with we'll go with that. <laughs> holiday special. It's a holiday. <laughs> this is the Star Wars holiday special of podcasts. Yes, um, with a hundred percent more domesticated Wookies. <laughs> That's right. We we saw the Memorial Day podcast special trend, and we just wanted to get on board that bandwagon and do our own. Yeah, um, I think the part that about about the Star Wars holiday special, other than the fact that it's terrifying in all of the ways <laughs> and how cheesy it is, but a domesticated Wookie like <laughs> with gendered roles, like. Yeah. Female Wookiees like in the kitchen wearing an apron and and there's a, like a yeah and there's like a grandpa Wookiee like sitting in a chair in the living room. It's like what is this? Yeah. Uh, what this is isn't it? what's happening on Kashyyyk? This is not. <laughs> this is not canon. I refuse to make this canon. It doesn't seem right. Isn't the kid named like Lumpy? <laughs> and isn't I think the grand the grandpa the grandpa one is Itchy. Yeah, that is that right? right? Yeah, I think these are all like chewy, short for other things. But I'm just like, <laughs> boy, I feel like we could have tried a little harder than lumpy yeah, this and isn't, itchy. This isn't the seven dwarves, you know, <laughs> right. chewy, lumpy, itchy. Yeah, um, what a bizarre thing to exist. So yeah, if we can so live up to that drugs. level of uh, absurdity, I'll feel pretty good about this. Yeah, episode. I don't. I don't think you and I combined have enough uh, <laughs> have enough drugs to kind of fortunately <laughs> Anyway, so we are going to do uh, kind of turn things on their head a little bit this week because um, something special is going to happen a little mm. bit later. But so um, before we get to any any other of the fun things we have planned, we do have some voicemails. Ooh. Got to crack the cold one for this. Oh, what do you got over there, bro? Got a hashtag weird beer. Uh, Shocking. This is a <laughs> Pipeworks Orchata Ale. Mm. I shared a, a, a pic of this on the Patreon Discord, but uh, ale with rice, lactose, vanilla, and cinnamon. Some people said, I don't like Orchata. I say, if you like Orchata and you like beer, it's delightful. So cheers. What's, how do you not like Orchata? Orchata is delightful. It's so good. It's creamy and spicy, and it's mm. so. And you have it with a burrito, and you're just having a great time. 
there was a legendary Mexican place just off of our college campus, Los Magotes, which mm, had an amazing horchata. And when I lived off campus, which was like kitty corner from it, I would go over there very frequently and just get a big old large horchata to go. It's, you know, it was, it was the first place that I ever had uh, a Jaritos or a Yoritos. Mm-hmm. However, Jaritos. Jaritos. Get, get yourself any fruit beverage yeah, of man. your choice or get get yourself a mexican coke yeah i don't know i i also i i more often would have the horchata from garcia's mm, also delightful get that this was in my non-vegan days keep in mind but you get that the uh, horchata and then you get that burrito suizo Oh man, the Suizo. Give me that sauce, baby. Uh, just like covered in Ugh. a mountain of cheese. Just delightful. Yeah. Uh, um, if you're lucky, healthy. maybe the yeah, very healthy. Maybe the Paleta man's walking down the street with his cart. <laughs> get a limon to go. Mm. Man, what a great life we had. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of the greatest things about the Albany Park neighborhood is the diversity. Mm-hmm. One of the most diverse zip codes in the entire country. In the entire world. In the entire is it is it the entire world? That's what they say. Yeah. I remember you could go and get just like it's like, oh, what what do you want? There you, there was no you were not for want of any sort of cuisine in that neighborhood. Yeah. You could get literally any style of food that you were looking for. You got your Mexican grocery store and your bakery. You got I remember there was, I feel like there was like a, um, an Iraqi place for yeah. a, a brief period of time. Mm-hmm. You got your Middle Eastern places. There was for a period of time, there was a Thai place right across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it was, it was then any number of shitty pizza places like Golden <laughs> Crust. Uh, yes. Have we talked about Golden Crust on the pod before? We probably have. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You can tell it's a, a special episode because we're like, what pizza do we eat in college? <laughs> <laughs> oh my but god. Yes, it's like, Golden Crest was great. How can we waste everybody's time? We have yeah. no, we have barely an agenda. <laughs> like we have no music we're gonna talk about. The episode's still gonna be two hours. Oh man. So yeah, good. the the Golden Crest Stadium pizza was the best. It was for every every floor meeting for your for the dorm yes. floor, just get yes. a stadium pizza. It was yeah. like, I don't know, a 24 or 36 inch pizza or something. Yeah. It was just absurd. Truly a staple of, of Berg Hall, our dorm. All right, let's do some voicemails. We have the voicemail number 872-762-4763, 872-7MAGPOD. And we have uh, some people who left some voicemails about... Uh, the coverage that we did of value pack mm. and specifically incognito we got our boy bobby g mm. hey uh it's your boy robbie g uh, i'm trying a new method this time instead of calling in and leaving a voicemail i'm doing the old voice memo but um i've enjoyed uh <laughs> the spicy spicy takes uh on value pack and i started thinking there's there's kind of a mystery of like why is this album so different why is it uh not so great and i have a theory Mm. um so this album came out on bec which is like the crossover market 
and I'm pretty sure. But it didn't come out on BBC. No, not this one. Not this one. Sure that they approached this album with the intention of trying to get these songs uh, with sync placements, like stuff in TV. Uh, like, I don't know if you guys remember, this might have come up before in the pod, how um, Five Iron or Brave Saint Saturn actually, some stuff from The Light of Things Hoped For. And yes. I think the first album got used for um, America's Next Top Model. I actually, yes. I tuned in and I heard Space Robot 5 on America's Next Top Model. Um, yeah. So we know for sure that Tooth & Nail, BEC, was sending some of their stuff for TV placements. And all of these songs, like, they feel like they're trying to imitate some pop, like, sync placement kind of song that's like, oh, th on this new MTV reality show, and if you take the vocals out of this value pack song, you can play it in the background of an MTV show. That's what all this stuff feels like to me. And I don't know. That's just a, an idea. I don't know if there's any way to research that or not, but... That's the only thing that makes sense to me is they stopped trying to be a band and they were just like, let's make music that someone will put behind a reality TV show. Uh, Magpod for life. Oh. That's funny. You know, I think that's a great theory apart from the, the BEC part because right. it was four door, four door entertainment. And, um, from what I heard, I feel like I was talking to Jason, uh, shadow producer Jason, about this. And he was telling me that he told me that they were playing Bad Bad Me around the time of Jalapeno. They were playing it live. Weird. And maybe he was under the impression that it's like, this is going to be it. This song, I told the story, it's impossible. You know, like, I just, yeah, we don't need to go down. We've, this is well-traveled no. road. Yes, but yes. I, maybe if they took the vocals out, that would have been better for the sync placements that he's talking about. And, you know, Bobby G being, uh, being from Nashville, He's probably got his finger on the pulse of the, that yeah. kind of stuff. Of that, that's probably an. I'm sure it's an entire industry of people just writing songs yeah. for the purpose of for their albums to try and get in commercials or TV shows yeah. or, you know, what is it? Uh, I think it was the hard times that made some joke uh, about the black keys that they're they're just calling their next single Chevy commercial <laughs> right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. They have a direct uh, car commercial <laughs> line at this point. Yeah. So I, I like that theory. I think that there, there could be something there, but I think they were operating under the, the assumption that, um, that they were destined for bigger and better things. And, yeah. you know, I, I think there could have been an iconic status for the band had they stayed true to the sound of uh what with what they were doing because that that's the sound i think that people came to uh know them for especially with jalapeno and they uh i don't know it's it is bizarre i i think i think uh 
there is not going to be any certain certainty around that answer until we until someone talks to yeah and i don't think that's going to happen i mean as we speculated in that episode it's not like that sound which once we kind of decided on okay some of these songs are going for like the creed vibe it made more sense to me because at first i was kind of like who is this for and i'm like oh yeah that sound was kind of popular at that time so if you're trying to make songs in that vein of bands that are blowing up in the moment it's not that uh far off that they would be trying for something like that so i guess that makes sense um on a certain level but yeah i don't remember space robot five getting that uh america's next top model play that's yeah uh, i remember i remember um seeing pulling up that you know who told me it was mickey hmm. mickey was watching america's next top model and she's that's like funny. and she's like i think <laughs> i think i just heard brave saint saturn on this i'm like say what and she's like she and she gave me the episode and it because it's on hulu um and you can so you can pull it up. i pulled it up i pulled up the exact moment and i'm like holy shit it, it was brave saint saturn hey it's a jam it, it is a jam i hope they got some residuals for that but i don't i don't remember if it was i think it might have i don't know if it, if it was space robot five it might have been from their their later one of their later records but anti-meridian definitely has some catchy little riffs that could very easily be inserted into some sort of tv show or commercial property um i will say the one other thing several people i can't remember if we talked about this on the pod post incognito or not but several people have sent sent us an interview that ryan did yes um around the time of incognito's release and it definitely helped shed some light on some things i think a lot of the things that we were sort of speculating and just made me sad it made me sad yeah it's i mean he was clearly in a place where things were not good with their former label for legal reasons they couldn't talk a lot about what had happened with the band he had had some personal you know crises recently and he admits like they were trying to sound He's like, I don't want to make punk music anymore. <laughs> I want to make rock music, which definitely makes sense. And you can speculate on why that might be. But anyway, it was it was a bummer all the way around just to hear about kind of his experience and how, you know, we've, we've heard from several people like, oh, yeah, we saw them, but they didn't seem like they were having a good time at the show or I talked to them after the show and they seemed standoffish. And he kind of confirmed all that, that they just kind of had a permanent bad time. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. I hope Ryan is happy these days. I think that was my takeaway is say what you want about uh, incognito. Um, what I really hope for is that he's doing well and that he's happy. Yeah. Keeping in mind that this was over 20 years ago and I'm sure right. he has significantly has moved, <laughs> hopefully has moved on from <laughs> yeah, that. Not thinking about incognito every day. Not hopefully. thinking about it. Yeah. That's, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> uh despite the fact that yeah uh am i i'm trying to forget about incognito but it's impossible uh there's some good songs and more about incognito hey guys it's dustin in st louis um very happy that value pack is over with um incognito uh not a great album but mm-hmm. I'm very excited about Goaty Hook being next. Uh, yes. Sumo Surprise was definitely on my rotation big time back in the high school days. Uh, 
I will say that I put it on a few weeks ago or a few months ago to, just because I was feeling a little nostalgic and I honestly could only last a few tracks. Felt like it maybe had gone the way of the Supertones and Insiders for me personally, just a little too, mm, um, maybe preachy. I just couldn't, I couldn't, but I, I, I'm, I'm definitely hoping that I'm wrong and very excited to, to hear this all again. And, um, hopefully it will make its way back in some way, somewhere with my rotation. But the big reason I had to call was because of that question from the caller about the, uh, uh, great moments in movies with, uh, with music. Mm. And I immediately had one thought, and it does help. This is one of my favorite movies, but um, the 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 my favorite moment when it comes to music is uh, when our when our everyone's best friend Bill Murray and his group of of compadres are in a submarine, and Cigarro starts to swell, mm. and we see the jaguar shark. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness! Uh, that moment in Life Aquatic is just so epic for me. Um, I'm not much of a crier, and there will inevitably be a couple of tears down my cheeks whenever that moment hits. It just signifies so much, and the the music by Sigros is obviously just so impactful there. So, anyways, uh, Magpod for life. Thanks, Dustin. Uh, fully agree. Big, big Life Aquatic fan? It's not one of my favorite Wes Anderson's. Uh, it has cool things about it. One of which is for sure that moment I saw it in the theater and that was right around the peak of sort of Sigurosa's popularity, I think, or mm-hmm. at least like my awareness of them. And that needle drop comes on at this emotional moment of them seeing the shark. And I was just like, oh, I got very, <laughs> got very dusty in the theater that, that moment for me. Um, I did. I, I did not see it in the theater. I, I don't remember when I saw it, but I I feel like this was sort of at the sort of the early the um early stages of Bill Murray and his sort of transition to more serious dramatic roles mm-hmm. and you know cuz he did um Royal Tenenbaums in Rushmore. 2001 um well, Rushmore '98, yeah, um, Royal Tenenbaums, and Lost in Translation, and then like he sort of like he sort of became this like larger than life person. Mm-hmm. He sort of like just stopped being just an actor and became this like persona, right? And you know, especially I remember people talking about how like Bill Murray would just like show up to random college parties or something, yeah, like that. parties and stuff, right? And just like would and. He just became like a mythic figure of sorts, mm-hmm. and he, yeah. But I don't know. I I did. I I kind of stopped following your. I, you. I don't. I wouldn't know if you would call Wes Anderson like art house, but like whatever you would call his sort of style. It's mm-hmm. never been my my typical style. Sure. Of of, of film. Well, you can be wrong, and that's <laughs> fine. Um, no, I mean, I yeah, it those early couple Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums in particular were were huge, huge for me. Um, and he's had some peaks and valleys, but I really feel like uh, Grand Budapest Hotel uh, is one of his best movies to be sure. So I think um, last several movies worth worth checking out if you ever want to dive back in. Um, maybe I will. Little Danny Stairs action. 
I believe this is his uh, him commenting on the New York Times article that I brought up about languishing. Hey guys, your boy Dan Stairs again. Uh, just calling to thank you for bringing up the discussion about the article on languishing. I didn't see the article. Um, certainly didn't know that term for it, but I definitely know that feeling that it's talking about. It's nice to have a name for it, and to, you know, it's always good with I think it's with mental health issues to know that you know you're you know sometimes it's easy to feel isolated and alone. And like, man, am I the only person that is going through this kind of shit? Uh, so it's nice to hear that, yeah, this is this is everywhere, you know. This is just a thing. And some of it, I mean, I, it didn't always start for me with the pandemic, but it's certainly gotten worse. Um, and it was just nice to hear that discussion and and think about, you know, where where some of the things I've experienced over the last year and, uh, could fit into that. Um and help to, you know, maybe understand my mental health just a little bit better. I appreciate that you guys take the time to share not just the information, but also to share your own personal uh, struggles and, and things. Uh, I really appreciate that you guys are so open with your community. Uh, I love that about you. So, anyhow, that's all I needed. Back up for life. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Danny. Um, yeah, that's... Uh even though things are opening up again that doesn't mean that the feeling has right. necessarily gone away lest we forget that the pandemic is is not over and um though numbers are encouraging mm-hmm. i'm starting to see more states with governors that are creating incentives for people right. to get vaccinated and while that to me is is kind of like is this really what it takes is i'm i'm like but then there's a part of me i'm like whatever it takes yeah <laughs> yeah if you need to give people prizes to essentially <laughs> yeah. uh, get vaccinated like oh just go for it it's like i don't even care that I don't get anything just for the people that need that extra incentive. Like, yeah, give them, give them a chance to win something. Like just get the fucking vaccine. (laughs) Win the gift of of life for you and the people (laughs) around you. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the prize I got. I, so I'm already benefiting from that prize is being able to see my friends and hug them. (laughs) That's, That's the, that's the only gift that science uh has given to me but um things are opening up including including the pit some shows <laughs> that's right man I, I, I can't imagine getting in a pit right now no. uh post... i'm so out of shape as it is <laughs> well yes there's get, that element get in the pit and um, i'll be like get open up this fucking pit and then 15 <laughs> seconds later just be like exhausted and be yeah. like somebody I can't, I can't i need to get out of the pit what if we like, what if they made little like circles that you could only stay inside of and we were wearing masks and just like flailing in our little <laughs> circles, social Can distance you imagine pit style. In a pit with a mask on and glasses, how fast <laughs> our glasses would fog up, bro. Oh, we man. wouldn't be able to see shit. It'd be, It'd be so, glorious whenever it happens. So, so damp and, and uh, foggy. Yep. 
We're gonna start. John and I are starting a band called Damp and Foggy. Damp and Foggy. Sounds uh, like a. I'll be. I'll be damp. You're, you'll be foggy. <laughs> yeah, my glasses are always fogged up. Glasses are always foggy, and I'm I'm a sweaty you're, son of you're a bitch. You're usually sweating over there because you got no AC. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Um, so let's go uh, to our last voicemail. Our girl Meg. Hey guys, it's Meg from Monterey. Um, I remember to say who I am this time. Um, known as teacher Meg or beer Meg or girl who likes hardcore Meg. Uh, I'm good with any of those titles, actually. Um, and it's just been a while since I've called in. I was uh, attempting to pull a Danny Stairs and call you guys while I was in the middle of driving in traffic, but I don't think I'm as skilled as him, so I pulled over so I, I wouldn't crash and die. But um, Yeah, I'm glad you did that. I don't think Danny Stairs is skilled at it either, but <laughs> burn. Uh, burn notice. Uh, I uh, I just thought I would call. I don't have anything um, particular to say about Goody Hook um, or even any of the other bands. It's just been cool to revisit those albums, you know, the awesome and the problematic, and then hear you guys' takes on that stuff is always just really good. I feel like you guys do a great job of balancing out some of that giving a lot of grace, um, which would be easy to not do, but also, you know, being funny with some of the more cringy songs and, and lyrics. Um, I just wanted to say particularly how amazing it was for me that you guys had Tyler Huckabee on. Um, I think I said this in the Discord, too, and I know I've said it at other times, but Relevant Podcast, or just Tyler Huckabee's, you know, senior editor at the magazine, uh, he's he's been on the podcast hosting and different things. Um, is what was my main podcast for years, literally until last year when I found you guys, and then you guys kind of uh, overtook first place in my heart um, for good reason. But that was just so neat to see those two worlds collide for me personally. Selfishly, I was just in heaven and hearing you guys talk about nerdy things and um, space things and just be yourselves. It was really special for me. So thank you um, for that. It was yeah, that was awesome. And then I just wanted to, again, personally say how cool it's been to be a part of the Patreon and the Discord. Um, oh, gosh, I need to see my time here. Um, it, there's just been so many different things that I found so significant um, personally and as a community. And these people who I've never met, you know, none of these people um, I've met in real life just feel like they care about me and my students and uh, my journey. And we care about each other. And um, Andrew, and I know you guys mentioned uh the, the discord in the last few episodes but i just want to say again how amazing that's been just the teachers kind of sharing their own experiences and different resources and encouragement and then people sharing things that are hard about faith and life and struggles and relationships and i just um i've just been so encouraged by this community and i wanted to say thank you from the bottom of the, my heart for the two of you guys just setting this up so anyways um yeah thanks for everything next hug for life bye Ugh, the best. <laughs> yes. All the air horns for Meg and for that voicemail. I got a little emotional hearing that actually. Yeah. Thank you, Meg. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, it's I'm I don't I, I'm I'm just I'm filled with gratitude, you know, by a lot of what's been going on in the Discord lately and just what Meg was talking about, like the level of support and encouragement and and friendship that is developed yeah. out of out of this thing that was sort of like it felt like a something I saw that other 
podcasts and other people were doing, I'm like, oh, that might be fun. Maybe somebody would be interested in that. Mm-hmm. And the how it's shaped up to be is just, a, it just continues to be an encouragement to me. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's such a good crew of folks. I'm very grateful that they found us and found each other. And it's a really good online space, which as we said, is not a common uh, phrase. Um, <laughs> and it's just nice to check in with each other. And, and yeah, it's a growing community. So if you want to get in on that, head over to the Patreon, get the link to the Discord. Um, Meg is awesome uh, and an awesome member of that community. I appreciate your feedback. I really, really enjoyed the conversation with Tyler as well. So I'm glad other folks did too. And I think this is something we were talking about off mic a little bit, but I think her feedback on it makes me think we should probably, um, you know, do some stuff like we were saying we might do in the future that's not necessarily explicitly connected to the music we might be covering at the yeah. uh, given time or the genre, but like stuff that we're passionate about and that we're into. And yeah, there are tangential ways that they're connected, but there might be more opportunities for us to kind of be ourselves, yeah. as she was saying, and just go off on some topics. Yeah. And recognizing that John and I are whole human beings whose interests uh, go beyond just music that we listened to when we were 14. Mm -hmm. And as you all are, (laughs) you don't only care about tooth and nail bands and, and our, our podcast has always been sort of a big tent of conversations as it is. And Mm -hmm. we might talk about, um an album on one episode and then then we might talk to somebody about marvel for two hours you know (laughs) right it's it can be it can be a number of things and i think as as we move forward with the podcast we're going to try to incorporate some some more of those kinds of conversations for sure um because there are some conversations that and things that we are interested in that we are going to talk about because we have we have takes, John. We do. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> we got some. We got some takes. We have a couple Sh- takes. Should we? Uh, should we hear about one of the other wonderful podcasts on our network and then come back and throw down these takes? I think we should. Yeah, let's let's do that. We'll be right back after a brief little spot from one of our friends on the Rock Candy Network. What exactly makes Beyonce the Queen Bee? How do we feel about Ariana Grande's use of rap vernacular? And most importantly, what's better, chamomile or spiced chai? We ponder all of this and more on Hot Tea Hot Takes, now a part of the Rock Candy Podcast Network. Our show is just two friends drinking tea and discussing music, culture, politics, and anything else that comes to mind. We cover everything from Mozart to Megan Thee Stallion. New uploads are posted weekly. Look for it wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you soon. Bye. And we're back. Um, some people might know what that is. Some people might have no clue. Mm. Uh, but that is related to what you might ask? Related to my takes. The Takes with Andrew Thielen. Oh, man. So... 
John, one of my takes this week mm. is about Nickelodeon. Yes. Uh, I had messaged you, and this is kind of embarrassing, you know, because I had messaged you because I was watching a documentary called The Orange Years. Mm-hmm. And it was about Nickelodeon, how Nickelodeon came to be the kids cable network that started in the seventies, but uh, it became something beautiful and amazing in the late eighties and early nineties. And, and I was watching this and I was like, I know you're not like huge Nick guy. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) You have offended my honor, (laughs) sir. I know. And what I had remembered was a conversation that we had about uh, all of that and how you weren't an all that fan because you had sort of moved on to, I don't know, maybe you were more, you were watching SNL at that point and you were, I don't know, but anyway, it was, it was silly because we had definitely talked about um, any number of Nickelodeon shows, but I was watching this, this documentary about Nickelodeon and just feeling it was like intravenous nostalgia. It was just (laughs) like, I'm just like, Oh, just tap it right into my veins. I'm so ready for all of this. And uh, watching how a lot of this stuff came to be and how, so, I mean, I was fully on board with Nickelodeon as a kid. I Mm -hmm. grew up with, cable and uh so much of my childhood is just drenched in these memories of these nickelodeon shows Mm -hmm. and something i learned from this documentary was how how many women were responsible for Mm. the success of nickelodeon this one woman her name is geraldine laybourne Mm -hmm. and she was um the president of nickelodeon during uh i guess what they called the orange years is when they when they determined what the logo was going to look like and the orange color and the font and how they the person who i I think it was the person that who created the nick logo was the same person who created that the mtv logo Mm. and how the mtv logo was just like constantly switching out Mm-hmm. styles and where it was and how it was just way more playful and they did that exact same thing with Nickelodeon that it wasn't a static thing right. the, the the font the typeface and the color and, and everything that all stayed the same for like the brand recognition but like what it looked like always was changing so it felt more I don't know there's just something about it that was more playful and more fun but right. during her time as president at Nickelodeon for the 12, 12 years she was there, 84 to 96. I mean, listen, listen to what came up under her. We got Doug, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, Ah, Real Monsters, Hey Arnold, Kablam, uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete, Hey Dude, Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Secret World of Alex Mack, uh, my, uh, my Brother and Me. Do you remember My Brother and Me? I do. This was yeah. after my time, but I remember it yeah, existing. Yeah. Uh, Keenan and Kel. Um, she had, let's see, um, Double Dare, 
um, Wild and Crazy Kids, What Would You Do, Nick Arcade, Guts, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, Bangers all around. Yeah. And like, this is so much, so much of this stuff was, um, oh my God. I mean, and, and some of these shows were so weird. Oh, um, we can't forget, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Of course not. Um, and yeah, why? I wonder why that wasn't on the original uh, list. Um, all that, of course. Um, another another one that I forgot to mention. But I I was just watching this and thinking how so many the way one of the ways they 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 thought I I recommend everybody watch this because it's so interesting and so fun if you grew up watching Nickelodeon. But one of the things that was important to her was that we that they didn't talk down to kids mm-hmm. and that they like kind of met kids where they were at and they weren't they weren't condescending right and and so yeah sometimes the shows were like just absurd and silly and uh but that's okay and then sometimes they were um pretty profound and meaningful and like you watch something like pete and pete and you're like this show was ahead of its time yeah man. because it's so it's very surreal and weird and uh yeah i don't i don't think i don't think a lot of people like especially as a kid i don't really think i appreciated how some of the how good some of the writing was on yeah. on some of these nick shows a lot of that early slate of shows was like pretty sophisticated artistically and yeah. in terms of writing and presentation and yeah man i don't know i had an immediate serotonin release in my brain when you played the pete and pete theme song <laughs> just now because it was such a good show the theme was so great the music was always so great yeah i think well i mean it was fair that you um had maybe assumed that i wasn't completely down for nick but we determined over text i think that it was just like the cutoff thing like for the first i don't know whatever maybe through 90 four or five i was like completely on board for everything and then i just kind of got a little older so yeah all that was not as much i was more of a roundhouse head um roundhouse i forgot to mention roundhouse yeah um wienerville was another i forgot it was another weird variety show (laughs) with like a guy who had like these different puppets and his name was mark mark wiener He'd put his head through a hole and then like little bodies under yeah. them and they'd move around and stuff. You guys I remember lo- that? I loved that. He was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. The thing you're saying about like, we didn't talk down to kids. Like we were talking over text about that whole mentality at the time. It was like, oh, your parents are stupid. Let's take everything over. Let's slime all these idiots. Like <laughs> yes. kids rule. <laughs> Nick takes over your school and right, they like yeah. just show up and like slime people. And it yeah. just like, it felt like this, like this, like sense of like controlled chaos yeah, where you're totally. just like you're like what you could do this <laughs> right <laughs> like fuck your parents yeah <laughs> right. and then you, oh, you, yeah. you mentioned the uh the that lonely island connor for real uh song <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> tell, telling telling he's like you know you just, <laughs> yeah lean down and tell your mom dad why don't you both fuck off i don't want your rules Oh man. Uh, anyway. So yeah. So I was watching that and feeling so nostalgic for it. And 
now I want to go back and watch every single one of these shows. Yeah. And I don't know if you did you watch um, Rocco's Modern Life came back like I few, haven't watched a it yet. Few years ago, I think it was yeah. called Static Cling. Right, like a Netflix movie Netflix. or special. Yeah, yeah, and it was about um, Mr. and Mrs. Big Heads. Well, maybe this is kind of a this is a spoiler alert if you haven't mm. watched. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I won't tell you then. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, Rocco was always going after sort of technology or sort of social ills of the day. And I know that it's sort of based around continuing in that theme, but for a more modern era, right? There's, there's a pretty significant social, some pretty significant yeah. social commentary in there beyond just modern day conveniences. So I won't, I won't, ruin that for people who haven't seen it but i do it yes i i think there would be some people who would be like uh you know just a bunch of libs and cucks right. and and they're just pc now or whatever but i i found it to be pretty uh uh moving and well done so yeah uh yeah especially for you know an australian marsupial and and one of the other things that they they emphasized in a lot of the shows was friendship and stuff that mm -hmm. even with uh, the, the differences between different characters and like even on Rocco and and uh, uh, Hey Arnold and I, and yeah and Doug too Doug was just mm -hmm. it was just based on. Uh, uh was it jim Je jim jenkins jim jenkins yeah yeah i think that's yeah. that sounds right yeah he he created this character who was sort of this insecure maybe a little bit more introverted character who is in love with patty mayonnaise and he has this uh wild and outgoing friend skeeter and uh I, yeah i'm I was just into into all of it. I was into yeah. all of it. And all the music is so iconic too. So yeah. if you guys aren't familiar with uh, that that theme song I played uh, by Polaris, this guy named Mark Mulcahy, he was in this band called Polaris. And they, for Record Store Day a number of years ago, they released a vinyl of music from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. And that rules. The whole album is yeah. incredibly solid. Always good music and musical guests on that show. And uh, we may have a quiz later that addresses Ooh. some of these things. Andrew. Ooh. Uh, I mean, they do. I, I mean, I do know a number of musical guests that showed up. Yeah, I think you're going to know pretty much everything on this quiz because you've already <laughs> said a few things that were like questions. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, maybe I won't. Uh, I no, won't, no, I'll, it's I'll, just... I'll, the quiz master, I don't know why the tables are turning and I'm trying to take that mantle. I'm going to be put in my place. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, nostalgia is high right now for all that stuff. So there's, yeah. you can find a lot of this stuff now uh, for the first time in a while. And I know they're, I was, we were talking about they're doing a new uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Um, but this time for grownups uh, competing and there's a new are you afraid of the dark pretty recently um mm. yeah a lot of this stuff is just kind of um 
evergreen and we're at the right moment now culturally for it to come back. But I will say I've shown my kids a lot of this stuff. Have not gotten into Ren and Stimpy yet, although they probably love it. Man, I had so many of those orange VHS tapes of Ren and Stimpy back in the day. Um, But they love Doug. Um, They love Rugrats. I need to show them like Rocco. They love Ariel Monsters. A lot of that stuff is still great. I will say Jenny and I... Pretty subversive too. Pretty subversive. Sometimes it could be you'd like... It was... It was Pixar before Pixar was a thing because it was yeah. like it had that thing where I watch you can watch some of it now and you'd be like, I did not get that right, when right. I was eight. <laughs> yeah, especially Rocco has a lot of uh, double entendre. Lot like Chokey's Chokey Chicken, <laughs> right. the uh, the chicken place. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Pete and Pete holds up. I have not revisited that recently but i'm sure it's great but we jenny and i were excited to watch some stuff that we loved as kids like uh hey dude and uh clarissa and salute your shorts uh that stuff not doesn't hold up quite as well (laughs) but you know whatever it's still fun yeah the uh salute your shorts um yeah they're apparently they the awful waffle which i guess is (laughs) had something to do with like maybe pouring maple syrup on someone's stomach and like hitting them with yes. a tennis racket. <laughs> <laughs> right. That sounds right. <laughs> Remember they're always doing that to sponge. Poor sponge. Poor sponge. Um, I did get to go to Nickelodeon studios as a kid. Um, we Florida. saw the Clarissa set. Yes. In Orlando, oh, we saw some game show taping. It was not something as cool as double dare, but uh, it ruled there, there was that slime fountain out front yeah. that was glorious uh i remember buying a red and stimpy shirt and a rocco poster what man what a what a beautiful time i definitely uh, had a ren and stimpy poster yeah on my wall as a kid the happy happy joy joy one that's happy, what i had happy happy joy joy <laughs> so good uh the have i don't know did we talk it to about uh you can't do that on television i don't think we talked about it but that was another i talk I, about I watched often subversive very weird another one of those shows where it felt like the kids were in charge yes very canadian and uh very canadian like off brand like i felt a little uncomfortable sometimes there was barf the lunch guy what do you mean you felt uncomfortable was it the the kids chained up in dungeons was it the was it the the kids Uh, about to be killed in a firing squad (laughs) so weird that's so true man it does feel like it was for kids because at the time i wasn't like this is inappropriate i was just like this is a little i don't know i'm a little disturbed <laughs> but like yeah, in oh, retrospect, yeah especially strange. because the kids always accidentally got out of the the firing squad by getting <laughs> the person the, the 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 guy to say fire and then he got shot right. instead of the kid <laughs> what a strange show <laughs> what a strange um, show perhaps worth revisiting but yes the orange years it's on hulu right it's on hulu yeah on hulu i i need to watch um but uh more more nick talk to come yes um is that so, it for your takes those are that's it for my takes which means okay. it's time for yours mm. the takes with john Park. boom kablam kablam style. there we go <laughs> I wish I had some gack to play with during the segment. <laughs> um, I got a bunch of takes. I was I was gonna spread these out over a few episodes, but when we when we decided to launch our inaugural Memorial Day holiday special extravaganza, I thought I'd just spend them all here. Um, so speaking of 
the Patreon Punk Discord, which we were talking about earlier. Um, one of the joys of that group is that uh, folks are always throwing out musical recommendations. Uh, as I said last week, there's a, a Spotify playlist going. There's um, a, a music discussion channel on the Discord where folks are throwing out new stuff. Um, and I wanted to shout out a few of those. Uh, Meg, who called in before, recommended the band Pacifist, who I'd never heard of. They're a post-hardcore band from India. And they have a few EPs, but their most recent one absolutely shreds. Uh, It sounds very similar to At The Drive-In, I would say. Um, I'm ready. I'm here for that. Yeah. The the vocals are similar. It's kind of a a post-hardcore vibe in a similar way. Um, They talk about, like, the urban experience and... um, you know, being influenced by emo and just like, yeah, it's a really, it's a really cool sound. So that's pacifist. Um, Listener Brian Cambra, AKA the Rudy librarian recommended a band joystick, which I know, you Mm. know, um, but I did not know them before he mentioned them on the discord and I listened to their new album and absolutely love it. Um, It's kind of like uh, it's ska, but it's definitely harder elements. Um, So I'm really into the vibe that they, that they culminated. I think they're from new Orleans. Um, Very into joystick and, and specifically their new record. Yeah. That's um, another bad time records release. Ah, man. Bad time records, killing it with, we are new. We are the union joystick Mm -hmm. cat bite best of the worst kill Lincoln. I mean, they're just like home run after home run over yep. there at Bad Time Records. Crushing it. I re- yeah, I really do like all these bands they're, they're putting out stuff from lately. Um, so those are a couple of recommendations from the Discord. Uh, also wanted to mention Unwed Sailor. We had a little talk about that on the Discord as far as new releases. They just put out a new record called Truth or Consequences, which just sounds very much like the stuff they've been doing for 20 years. Uh, he had kind of taken a break for a long time and then put out a new album a couple years ago and now there's a new one now but i feel like it's very much of a piece with their whole discography and it's great um and then there are a couple new uh david bazan songs out uh that he posted on his band camp last week i think that i shared on the discord always love to get new stuff from my dude bazan including uh, a gillian welch cover of the song time the revelator which is a great song um so psyched about all those things so that's kind of my music segment of takes now we're going to move on to the obvious natural second segment, which is <laughs> French electronic music films. Uh, <laughs> there's naturally this most there's, John Potter sentence of all time. <laughs> I've got a I've got a, a ritual for most Friday nights where you know we we got a pizza and movie night in my house where the kids watch a movie. We make a couple pizzas. It's a great time. Kids go to bed and it's time to get weird. Uh, I like to find weird movies, weird music. I, I hang out. If it's the summertime, I get in the hammock and, and, and watch some weird stuff or listen to some weird stuff. And a couple of these very much fall into this Friday night weirdness category. Um, but yeah, as I was putting them together, I was like, these are both French. They're both electronic sort of extended music videos. They're both only about an hour. So if that sounds interesting to you, check these out. One of which is called Blood Machines. Uh, now, Blood Machines is a movie that I found on the Shudder app, which is like a mm. horror streaming service. And if you're into scary stuff, Shudder absolutely rules. 
they have artsy stuff they have hard to find stuff they have just straight up schlock they have low budget stuff they have all kinds of cool stuff um and i'd been waiting for a long time for blood machines because the soundtrack is by this band carpenter brute um and they are french i think he's basically a guy like a french dj it's kind of like synth wave but but dark and kind of hard um but very very synthy and he did the soundtrack and kind of helped create this movie which is about ais of spaceships that come to life in the form of women um it's sort of a metaphor for patriarchy i don't know the plot is tough to follow <laughs> but that doesn't really matter this is one of those examples of just kind of letting the visuals and the music wash over you so it's this wild sort of space opera but what really pushes this thing up to the next level for me is the music by Carpenter Root. So could we hear a little of the Blood Machines theme, Andrew? Oh boy. So you're getting the vibe here. We're in space. It's bleepy bloopy. But he's gonna take us to the next level pretty soon. Imagine like space flying by, I'm dancing in my living room. <laughs> the whole thing kind of has like a Blade Runner vibe. Um, anyway, just so folks can get a sense. Continues fucking, on in that way. Rules. It's so good, man. It's so Dude, good. What was the uh, what was the other? <laughs> uh space opera thing oh. that you sent me the other time the one other night you were like it's, it's part two of my french electronic music videos that are okay. only about an hour perfect okay. seg segue thank you nailed it uh the second one is called iris colon a space opera which is soundtracked by the band justice another french electronic band that people probably know more um Just it's replacing daft punk you know daft punk stepped step down they need to they're relinquishing their throne to somebody it's true justice Carpenter can take Brute, that mantle justice you know hey man yeah here they, here they come uh neither as as kind of funky uh, as daft punk but uh, i don't know that's blood machines theme definitely slaps definitely, slaps. definitely is getting me pumped to fly out in space um, but justice rules if people don't know them um and this this movie iris is essentially um a concert film of the band but it's not live um it's kind of an approximation of their live show on this particular tour but they did all kinds of cool stuff with camera movement and lighting to really make this thing look just absolutely bananas so it's they're playing through basically the record that they were touring on for this but they're surrounded by these Marshall stacks. It's just two guys. There's like this elaborately timed lighting to go with the music. There are mirrors, there's like light rigs, there's rotating light panels. There's these black slabs of flooring that they're standing on. And then, yeah, the camera is just like moving around. So all this stuff just makes it look, I don't know, like you're in a spaceship or something as this music is just like pulsating to these moves and lights. So anyway, highly recommend checking out Iris, a space opera. Uh, by Justice. Uh, you cannot have a bad time watching Blood Machines or Iris in my estimation. So <laughs> have yourself a weird Friday night, unwind with some French electronica, and uh, yeah, have a good time with those two strange movies. Those are my takes. Hell yeah. Those um, are excellent takes. Thanks, man. Uh, a little a little hotter this week, I guess, than normal for me. Normally I'm coming in with the cold ones. 
Um, and now I have a question for you, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> would you like to play a game? <laughs> you know I would. The tables have turned. <laughs> um, I've been threatening to do a quiz for a while. Yikes. Um, <laughs> just saying, you know, you, you, you are the quiz master, but mm. the, the quiz daddy, <laughs> the quiz daddy, uh, heavy lays the crown of the quiz daddy. I know it's a, it's a <laughs> big responsibility to bear. So I've always said, you know, I could, I could, I could try a quiz at some point. And, uh, you know, I set off Mike, I don't think we're, we're, this is going to live up to the normal level of, of, uh, quiz excellence that you provide. Um, but for throwing it together in a few hours based around a theme and you were going to talk about it, it it'll do the trick. You so know, this one, no, don't mm -hmm. put so much pre pressure on yourself, but I'll, because it's, I've been in a, I've been in a quiz slump, but, mm. um, I'm, I appreciate you picking up, picking up the slack, but we, I will return. Yeah. I don't doubt it. You next it. week with, Every... with, um, yeah. with the quiz. No, well, not next week, but next at some episode. point. Yeah. Um, Every quiz daddy needs a rest to to reduce their <laughs> quizzing powers. Um, don't don't say that <laughs> quiz daddy needs to reduce. That is sometimes daddy needs to juice. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mickey. Um, I'm not. So this is a quiz all about Nickelodeon, mm. and it's called "You Can Do That on Podcasts." <laughs> yes. Um, nailed it. Yes. So. Some of these questions I already know that you know the answer to just from <laughs> some of the stuff that you said. I tried to change some of this on the fly. This is making the answers maybe a little less interesting, but whatever. Andrew, what year did Nickelodeon first launch? Was it A, 1976, B, 1977, C, 1978, or D, 1979? I... So I think it was my inclination when you first said that was to say uh, 79. So I want to say 79. You are correct. <laughs> I did that in the reverse order. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, good job. Um, yes, it's kind of a trick question because it technically launched in 1977, but it was then called Pinwheel. Yes. And they decided to completely rebrand in 1979 and launched as Nickelodeon on April 1st of that year. Yeah, the pinwheel stuff was, a lot of it was very different yeah. than what people would come to associate with Nickelodeon. Right. More kind of little <laughs> kid focused? I don't know. Yes, and more like puppets. Right. And... <laughs> things things that you would maybe assume were like uh, um, in the realm of like a Sesame Street style thing. Right, right. Now Eureka's Castle would come eventually. And, and... I was, a, I, I did enjoy some Eureka's Castle. Ruled. Um, okay, you're off to a better start than me, normally. Um, number two, what was SpongeBob SquarePants originally called? Bikini Bottom Buddies? Uh... SpongeBob Ahoy, Surfs Up Sponge, or Sponge Guy? Oh man, see, I never watched SpongeBob. I know this was after our time. Um, but I know people. I know 
there yeah. are plenty of adults watch it. Yeah. Adults and millennials who did watch um, SpongeBob because he was. It came on. Not, I mean, I think we were still in our. I think we were probably still in our teens. Yeah, okay, but, high school. Um, <sighs> I'm gonna give those answers again. Yeah, see, this is the thing the, the the sharing the sharing of the screen. Now I know. Oh how, shoot! Now now I know how difficult it was. Um, um, good point. I'm already putting you at an unfair advantage. No, that's I mean, that's okay. Just disadvantage. Uh, say uh, say those again. Okay, we got. What was the what was the name of the SpongeBob SquarePants show originally? Bikini Bottom Buddies. B Sponge Boy Ahoy. C Surfs Up Sponge or D Sponge Guy. Oh God. Those are all terrible. <laughs> One that, of them is real. I'm not saying that your answers are <laughs> terrible. I'm just saying that they're none of them are none of them are as good as SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yes, I think they made um, the right call. I'm gonna go SpongeBob Ahoy. Oh, Correct, I'm right. Andrew, you got that right. Oh, that's, that's two in a row. It was. Oh man. Originally called Spongeboy Ahoy, unfortunately, they had to change the name because Spongeboy was already the name of a mop product. <laughs> Gross. Spongeboy and Quiz Daddy. Um, may they enjoy that'll, each other's that company. Is, that'll, be, that'll be another Marvel character that I come up with. <laughs> yes, Quiz Daddy and, and Spongeboy, they, oh they're, they're coming, to, coming to clean up your city. I don't know. All right, well... Along those lines, even though you don't know SpongeBob, which nautically themed album inspired the initial direction and ideas of SpongeBob SquarePants? Mm. Was it A, The Beatles' Yellow Submarine? B, Primus' Sailing the Seas of Cheese? Oh my God. C, Ween's The Mollusk? Or D, Sting's The Soul Cages? Now, Primus wow. and Ween came up recently, yes, both on the Patreon. They did. Um, Ween, also, all of those are very weird albums that mm. could definitely inspire. So th th it inspired the, the, the whole concept of. Uh, it inspired by some of the, it inspired some of the direction of the, of the series, what they wanted to sort of focus on. Okay. Um, so yeah, all of those I feel like would would fare well in, in terms of the timing of when the show came out. Now I'm just trying to surmise. I'm going to go Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine? Yeah. Damn it. Andrew, I'm sorry. Your was first it, Was it Mollusk? It was the Mollusk by Ween. <laughs> that was that way. Shit. I should have gone. I, I second guessed myself. God damn it. Always, always go with your ween. I always um, go with my ween. Series creator Steven Hillenberg was inspired by the album and contacted the band to explain the baseline ideas for the show. Uh, and then the band, in return, contributed an original song to the series. So, inspired ah. by ween. Sounds about right. Man, you know, I, okay. From now on, trust in my gut. That's right. Um, okay. This, this you might have an easier time with. Okay. What was the first Nick game show to air? Was it A, Finders Keepers, B, Double Dare, C, Wild and Crazy Kids, or D, Get the Picture? So the Nick as we know it 
had I feel like the first game show on Nickelodeon as as you know when we talk about the orange years was Double Dare. Mm-hmm. What was the first one? Finders Keepers. Finders Keepers. Not familiar with Finders Keepers. Um, Me neither. So uh, I'm going to go with my gut and say Double Dare. Double Dare. Yes. Yes. Correct. I figured you'd know that one. Double Dare first aired in 1986. Finders Keepers, which I'd also never heard of, aired in 1987 originally. Uh, Wild and Crazy Kids, of course, 1990. Get the Picture, another one I don't remember, 1991. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Get the Picture uh, at all. I mean, I feel like if that was airing around the same time as these other classic, like uh, a classic like Wild and Crazy Kids with right. Donnie Jeffcoat, <laughs> Jessica uh-huh. Gaines. Omar Gooding. Oh man. Remember how we learned what did we learn? That the producer of uh the um value pack album was the host of an MTV game show? Peter King, right? Anyway, something like that. (laughs) Something something wild like that. Yeah. But you got these game show hosts just at the tip of your tongue. Oh man. You Donnie Jeffcoat used to be I think he went on to be uh, in in some sort of a soap opera okay. after after Wild and Crazy Kids. <laughs> Natural progression. Natural progression. You go from Nickelodeon game show to soap opera. I would like to see Mark Summers on a on a talk show, on a soap opera. That'd be good. Oh, um. Okay. This one a little trickier. Not seeing it, so I apologize. Okay. But okay. you just I'll do my best. Kind of lump them in in your brain. I don't know. Go through them again. Okay. What was the original SNCC lineup? Oh, do you want me to do this off the top of my head? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> all right. So you had Clarissa explains it all into mm. Roundhouse, into Ren and Stimpy, and then Are You Afraid of the Dark? Man, not even giving my my many variations on different possible shows in here a chance. Um, you're correct. Uh, so, well, uh, I want to hear those. I want to hear those variations. Sorry well, to sorry to jump all over that. But <laughs> no, it was, it was wonderful. That that lineup is just ingrained in the yeah, dome. That's impressive. Um, yeah, I I mean technically, Andrew, I don't know, maybe oh, it's a half no. point situation. Again, a well actually me. Well, actually, it was Clarissa, Ren and Stimpy, Roundhouse. Are you afraid of the dark? And you had Roundhouse and Ren and Stimpy oh. switch. But you know what? The four shows is really what what I'm looking for here. So I think it counts. Wait, um, it was it was Ren and S- it's Clarissa, then Ren and Stimpy, then Roundhouse, then Are You Afraid of the Dark? Huh. No. Fascinating. I think they switched around. I think they put Ren and Stimpy later at a certain point because like parents are mad, maybe. Yeah, that's because that's how I remembered it was that it it went from Ren and Stimpy into Are You Afraid of the Dark? But interesting. It probably changed later. That was August 15th, 1992, that first lineup. And did I have it programmed on my grandma's VCR to tape it? Yes, I did. (laughs) 
I remember going to dinner that night and just being like, I want to get home so I can watch Snick. This is an important <laughs> cultural moment. I know. Got to watch that Roundhouse. You're you are definitely a Roundhouse guy. I was a big Roundhouse fan. You're you're a big b boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had some of that energy. <laughs> they did funny like sketches where they parody songs. It was great. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, here's some In, other like, ones. Some sort of abandoned warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Well, it was called a Roundhouse where trains would come in and go off on different paths. And the idea was you never know where these crazy characters are going to go next with their little skits. At the round uh, roundhouse. Down at the roundhouse. Okay, here, here's, here were my other possible lineups. Clarissa, Pete and Pete, Ren and Stimpy, roundhouse. Uh, Clarissa, Ren and Stimpy, Secret Life of Alex Mack, Are You mm. Afraid of the Dark? Uh, Alex Mack, Ren and Stimpy, roundhouse, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I believe all of those were in SNCC lineup at some point. Uh, maybe not Pete and Pete. I can't remember actually. Um, anyway, you got it right. You're crushing it. Okay, here's here's some uh, some questions that are uh, cognizant to our interest. Okay, which Roundhouse cast member uh, would leave for a career in CCM? Interesting. Was it A. Jennifer Sehe, B. John Crane? C, Crystal Lewis, or D, Lisa Vale? Um, I don't know any of these names. Sure. You want me to read uh, them again? No, uh, okay. because uh, I'm going to go Lisa Vale. Lisa Vale. So sorry. Is it John Crane? <laughs> I'm really not getting these sound effects right. <laughs> um, no, Crystal Lewis. Hmm. Crystal Lewis initially launched her career with the children's musical High Tops, which was produced by the creators of Salty the Singing Songbook. Mm. Uh, she went on to, uh, she's now released 18 CCM albums. Oh my gosh. Uh, has been crushing it since she was a little kid in the 90s. So, Damn. Crystal Lewis. Way to go. Much like game show hosts leave for soap operas, sometimes roundhouse cast members <laughs> leave for CCM. Uh, along similar lines. Yes. Which 90s Nick Starr is now a youth pastor? Uh, is it A, Lori Beth Denberg of All That? Ooh. B, Kel Mitchell of Keenan and Kel? C, Cheryl Chase, the voice of Angelica on Rugrats? Or D, Michael Morona, who played Big Pete? Um, I, I actually, I think it might be, uh, it might be Kel. Going Cal? Going Cal. Yes. Correct. Kel Mitchell, currently the youth pastor of Spirit Food Christian Center in Winnetka, California. This was shocking to me. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I remember, I feel like I remember seeing some interview with him. Um, he, see, yeah, he seemed like a pretty clean cut guy. And from what I know about Michael Morona, who played Big Pete, he pretty much pretty early on in his career transitioned from acting to set stuff like and doing like lighting and and like on on the set work. So he was that's mostly what he does now. Like if you look up Mike Morona, I'm pretty sure it's all like um, he's doing production all production stuff yeah i went out on a limb there and i was like probably shouldn't do this he knows too much about pete and pete but 
It's not um, a trend through, it's yeah. The, the fact that I'm like, well, Mike Morona, you know, like, this, <laughs> no, is, this is how deep, this is how deep my love of Nick goes, where I'm just like, gotta be on the IMDb for, <laughs> for, for Big Pete to know this shit. Yeah, when I was at uh, the AV club, uh, one of my coworkers did this whole kind of push for uh, Pete and Pete's um, reconsideration within the culture, I guess. And she, oh, I think she did like an oral history article or something, but it culminated in this like um, live sort of gathering uh, of the original cast and she sort of moderated a panel on it. So anyway, uh, appreciate that folks uh, were showing them love. I hope, I hope there's a lot of Pete and Pete fans out there. Um, okay, man, I, I'm realizing this is hard, man. There's a lot of things you got to do. You got to be on top of the noises. I'm trying to keep track <laughs> of which ones you got right, which ones you didn't. I'm reading things all wrong. Anyway, I, you know, I'm, I might never do this again. Um, okay, moving on to another answer you probably know. Oh, come on. Which, <laughs> which of these legendary singer-songwriters did not appear on Pete and Pete? Ooh. A, Iggy Pop. B, Elvis Costello. C, Michael Stipe. D. Debbie Harry. I am pretty confident it's Elvis Costello. Correct. Yes. Couldn't slip one by you. I was trying to think of who wouldn't be like so huge that you'd be like, well, I would have known it if like David Bowie had been on. But like <laughs> if Elvis Costello had been on along with Iggy Pop and Michael Stipe and Debbie Harry, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I mean, those, yeah, that's, that's, those are pretty legit gets for yeah. a, a really weird show like Pete and Pete to get like Michael Stipe and, yep. uh, and, <laughs> and Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop was a regular. Yeah. He played like, uh, he played one of the dads. Yes, of, he did. Uh, of one of the kids. <laughs> Uh, just, if your if your energy as like a sitcom is to have Iggy Pop play one of the dads, you're you're probably like a pretty <laughs> out there show. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I yes. oh, man, what a great show! And it's one of those frustrating things that that it's so hard to come by the complete series on DVD. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of that stuff is because it's so wrapped up in licensing issues because they use so many pop songs on these shows in the 90s, um, yeah. which is a bummer. Probably you can find it online somewhere, but whatever. Um, okay. I, I mean, I guess you know this one too, but who knows? Who performed the Rocco's Modern Life theme song? Was it A, Devo? B, the B-52s? C, the Go-Go's? Or D, Oingo Boingo? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but just because, um, just based on the, <laughs> it's gotta be the B-52s. I mean, Rocco's Modern Life. It's got, <laughs> it's got that, I'm Fred Schneider and this is Rocco. <laughs> You are correct. <laughs> um, trying to throw you off a little bit because the creator of the show wanted Danny Elfman of Oingo Boingo fame Ooh. to do the theme, but he was booked at the time. Um, and there well, were a couple versions, but the B-52s did the one that lasted the longest. Mark Mothersbaugh uh, right. fam famously 
uh, did the Rugrats. Rugrats. Yep. Trying to trying to throw you off with that one too. And I thought, hey, the Go Go's another sort of female fronted new wave era band, but nope, couldn't couldn't get past the the Fred Schneider of it all. I mean. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's always saying that. Like Fred Schneider always always throwing a wrench in everybody's plans. Rocco's modern life. Rocco. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't know the B-52s when I was watching. You know, I but... loved them as a kid. Probably I guess I mean Love Shack must have been what I knew them from, but I knew Rock Lobster and stuff. And so I knew it was them, just their voices are so distinct and I was yeah. psyched that they were the ones doing it. I didn't I honestly didn't even put that together until you asked this question that I didn't know that was them. <laughs> was them just baby. like singing it back in my head. I'm like, Rocco's modern life. Yeah. Rocco's modern life. <laughs> what a weird time. Uh, no so wonder weird. we're the people that we are. Um, okay. One question left. I okay. believe you've gotten all but two, which is certainly better than I've ever done on this. Um, well, you're, okay. you're asking a lot more questions than yeah. than I normally do. I usually do like a fiver, so this is impressive well, that you got a lot of these together. We got to pad this this holiday special. <laughs> um, okay, three of these shows are real. One is made up. Mm. Which one did I make up? A. The Journey of Alan Strange. B. Uh, s- <laughs> Spunk. Sorry. <laughs> C, The Mysteries of Jessica Jormkins, or D, Pelswick. Jessica Jormkins? <laughs> um, was this was this show written by Betsy Hobbs? <laughs> <laughs> Jorbles the cat. <laughs> Jorbles the cat. Yeah. It's a college friend of ours. Um, uh, I got to go Jessica Jormkins. <sighs> Damn it. You got it right. Um, I mean, yay for you. <laughs> You're actively I'm just, rooting against me. I'm just mad at myself for not making it harder. See, no, I didn't. thought I thought I was nervous that Jessica Jormkins was too big a giveaway. But on the other hand, you got Spunk, which I had, I laughed because I was like, is that actually what it's called? And it is. And then Pelswick, which I'd never heard of. Yeah, those are those are all all weird. Right. So I thought all- Jormkins may be a giveaway, but not any weirder than Spunk or Pelswick, which are real. <laughs> Um, also so. shows that I've the Alan Strange one is the only one I've heard of. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that one, but yeah. But what is what do you have a plot for Spunk? I'll tell you about Spunk. Now that was one that I changed on the fly, which I was a little unsure about the pronunciation because I had Kablam in there, but then we already talked about Kablam, so I knew that you knew it. Um, let me tell you a little about Spunk. Now I'm not seeing Spunk in here. <laughs> <laughs> was it Spoink? I did not make this one up. No, it's a uh, here. It's children's show uh, on Nickelodeon, 2000. Oof, rough. Premiered on Noggin on September 10th, 2001. Yeah, that is a tough that's, time. That's to a start tough a day. New show. No wonder Spunk didn't linger in the culture. It's an improvisational comedy show similar to Who's Line. Okay. Well, there you go. Spunk heads, hit us up. Um, <laughs> spunk with an exclamation point. Spunk! It's um, not Spunk. It's Spunk! <laughs> it's not top of the muffin to you. <laughs> no, it is. Yes, it is. Um, this, Yeah, the show lasted, uh, looks like, six months. Okay. Well, so... props to me for finding Spunk on the fly when I was replacing <laughs> Kablam. Um, 
Jessica Jormkin's also inspired by the 30 Rock joke about not getting the rights to the Janis Joplin movie, so they had to call it Jackie Jorp Jump. <laughs> oh boy, that's a good one. Okay, anyway, I'm pretty sure you got 8 out of 10. Uh, decisively crushing it. I, I don't anticipate returning to the Quizmaster seat anytime soon, but I will be there if you need me. But uh, I think we know who, who wears the Quiz Daddy pants in this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I I loved I loved being quizzed. I haven't I haven't been in in the hot seat. Uh, my my quiz daddy pants were um, where I handed them off to you um, yeah. to wear to wear my my daddy pants for a little bit. Right. But that was great. I love talking anything anything Nick. So yeah. Nick 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 Nick. I read something that said like. They were choosing. They chose those early sort of like uh, barbershop style yeah. uh, bumpers and stuff because kids responded well to barbershop music, which is <laughs> strange, but I believe them. I certainly remember all that stuff. Like it burned in my brain forever. Well, you got to think about what it's what kids were the music that kids were hearing in a lot of the cartoons. We we grew up listening to classical music in a lot of our cartoons but mm. we never we never would have said that we've liked classical music but we were right. it was like the background of so many of those classic cartoons all the bugs bunny and uh a lot of the, the looney tunes stuff it was a yeah. lot of that that's how i learned you know kill the wabbit kill the wabbit <laughs> stuff exactly. like that uh um, that also famously from an episode of boy meets world Mm. Mr. Feeney takes Eric to the opera and he's like, he's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I, know, the I know the song, Kill the Wabbit, Kill the Wabbit. That's Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Uh, 30 Rock, again, 30 Rock also used that joke, but I'm sure that came after Boy Meets World. So uh, 30 Rock biting the Boy Meets World jokes. I don't know how to feel about mm -hmm. that. Jackie well, Jormp Jump still stands though, unless I hear otherwise. <laughs> um, well, that was our Nick quiz. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you uh, have thoughts about Nickelodeon or anything we've talked about today, uh, you can share them. Are we ready to close out? <laughs> no, we got nothing else. I got nothing else. I guess. Okay. I mean, this is. Do we want to talk about kind of what to uh, expect um, in the in the coming weeks? Yeah. Well, we're coming up on our hundredth episode very soon, folks. Uh, so one thing we would love if you could do is uh, call in, leave a voicemail. Uh, Send an email, leave a voice memo, add our email if you'd like with some of your favorite memories of the show. Send a video um, if you want send to. Send a video. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to get folks to share some of their favorite memories of the last nearly three years, nearly 100 episodes. Um, maybe if there's particular clips, we can find those and play those. But yeah, let us know. Let us know how MagPod has has moved you. Boost over our these years. egos. Yeah, Tell that's us right. Please. How amazing we are. <laughs> um yeah, so so be on the lookout for that. We will be doing something special with that. We will be getting to Goatee Hook soon, at some point here. Um, some some scheduling TBD. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out and let everybody know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, feel free to start start calling in and sending in those memories, those Hundo episode well wishes, and uh, weigh in. In the meantime, at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet already and give us a rating or a review. We will read your review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763.
8727magpod. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. And we'd like to welcome new Patreon punk, John Luke Griffith. Uh, welcome, John. Very glad to have you. As we said, uh, we got bonus content over there. We got a Discord. We got all kinds of fun stuff going on. So, so check us out over on the Patreon. And you can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl. And thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice next time when we'll cover Goaty Hook's Sumo Surprise. <laughs> how kind of obvious it is Fred Schneider in retrospect. <laughs> there's only one guy that sounds like that. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a single human being in the world that sings <laughs> right. like Rock goes modern life. <laughs> oh man.